0: So we're going to have four weeks um, during April of exploring walking with the one who is invisible. And the Bible talks about things like what we see is temporary, but what's invisible is eternal. We read about people who made radical, life-changing decisions because they saw the one who is invisible. Bible talks about our spirit interacting with the Holy Spirit. And this morning I want to talk about walking consciously aware of Holy Spirit. um, Being consciously aware of the one who is invisible. Jesus said I will ask you in John 14 and verse 15 he says I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate or another friend. Or another helper, or another comforter. I will give you another friend, we could say, who will help you and be with you forever. He says, the Spirit of Truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither be sees him or knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. And then Jesus says, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And then he says in verse 25 of chapter 14, All this I've spoken to you while with you, but the advocate, the friend, the helper, the comforter, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said. And so I really briefly want to talk about, because we want to meet him, and we have been meeting with him. Mm -hmm. we've been meeting with him all morning (laughs) Mm -hmm. and it's about living consciously aware of him not just in the moment on a Sunday Mm -hmm. but all of life because Jesus said I'm not going to leave you as orphans I'm going to come to you but this is about keeping company with Holy Spirit it's about doing life with another person who is just like Jesus I don't know about you, but I'd like to do life with Jesus. Someone once said, how confident would you be going out on the streets to share good news or pray for the sick or prophesy if you were doing that with Jesus next to you? If you could be, if you know you pair up and go out, if you could be on the same team as Jesus and say, I'll I'll go and pray for the sick and I'll go and share courageous good news if I can be with Jesus. And Jesus is saying, Holy Spirit is another like me. That you can actually do life with one who's not just with you, but one is actually in you. I think Michelle was talking about glory, singing about glory in your neighbour's house, glory at the table, glory in your family, glory in the neighbourhood, glory in the workplace. That is possible because of Holy Spirit in us and with us. Jesus said we're going to do greater works than the works that he did. He said these are the signs that will follow those who believe. They're going to heal the sick. They're going to open blind eyes, deaf ears. They're going to raise the dead. They're going to cleanse the leper. He's talking about the possibilities for people full of God. Jesus said the way of walking with me is it's free and light, not heavy and burdensome. That's because of Holy Spirit with us and Holy Spirit in us. Often, our preoccupation in life is we talk about what we're not. We talk a lot about what we're not. We might say, I'm not very good with words, or I'm not very confident, or I'm not very courageous, or I'm not a very, very good speaker, or I'm not very good at X, Y, and Z, or we talk about what we don't have. Um, sometimes Uh, churches could say if we were a bigger church we would have more impact and we talk about maybe if we had more money as individuals if i had just a little bit more money then i could do much much more and we often talk about what we're not or what we lack and we think i just can't make an impact for god because maybe i lack the space in my house if i had a bigger house i could make more impact and these verses that jesus has we've just read, it's really telling us take your attention Mm. off yourself. Mm. Often we have a lot of attention on ourselves. We read the Bible with a lot of attention on ourselves. We might get challenged by a, a verse and then we go to work to try and modify and change and adjust ourselves in response to what we've heard maybe Holy Spirit say to us. We have a lot of attention on ourselves and we have an encounter with Jesus that gets us in the kingdom and then we try to improve ourselves and change ourselves and transform ourselves. Jesus is saying there's one who will come alongside and he'll lead you into all truth and he'll remind you of everything that I've said and he'll give you the power and the capacity to do the things that I've been doing and even greater things. He doesn't say these are the greater works that you'll do if you try hard enough. He says take your eyes off yourself. It's not a matter of what you are not. Instead, focus on who who you have. Not what you have or not what potentially you could become but who you have. Who you have. I think it's Bill Johnson said, there's the only closed heaven is between our ears. Sometimes we pray, the heavens and come down. And Jesus said, I've already done it. <laughs> he came. Father sent the Son. The, the issue is, is between our ears. We're so focused on what we lack and what we're not... Instead of who we have, who we have, who is with us, another like Jesus, not just alongside us. Actually, Jesus says, better that I go, then the friend will come. What's better than actually having Jesus? Well, Jesus actually could only interact with one person at a time, be in one place at a time. And then he goes to the Father and the Father and the the Son send the Spirit who can be in every person all the time, interacting, strengthening, fortifying, encouraging, comforting, wherever we are in every single believer. Not just a part of Holy Spirit. Like he didn't break himself up into millions of fragments. He fully, the fullness, Mm. the him... (laughs) God so the only closed heaven is between our ears now God has taken up residence in men and women Mm. like you've got God if you're a believer you've got God inside you Mm. I love what Pete Carter says he says how does God fit in here how does infinity fit in finite humanity I have no idea but it's not a part of him it's all that he is remember in 2007 we went to a meeting and there was incredible manifestations of the Holy Spirit but an incredible prophetic word was given about what the Holy Spirit wanted to do in and through us and I remember that prophetic word had echoed A prophetic word that Rochelle and I had received on our wedding day from Jean Béville, her uncle. A really powerful prophetic word about miracles and signs and wonders. And I remember when we got married thinking, great word, transcribe it, I can't believe it. (laughs) And I just filed it in a drawer because I couldn't believe that he could say that about me. And because I couldn't believe it, I didn't look at it. But God is so kind and so gracious that 11 years later, he comes back and repeats pretty much the same prophetic word all over again. Mm-hmm. Nations, signs, wonders, miracles, mm-hmm. accompanied it with some, some manifestations, some signs like oil just appearing in my hand mm-hmm. and thinking, wow, you mean this. And then I said, I'm really going to go to work this time, God. I know that when you said it last time, I didn't do anything about it, but this time I'm ready. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to do this. I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to make this happen. And then I read a quote by John Wimber in a book I was reading at the same time where John Wimber had been praying for hundreds and hundreds of people, up to a thousand people, and seeing no one healed. And Jesus came up to him and said, since you can do nothing, how much help do you need? And John Wimber said he didn't understand the question. So he went back to work for Jesus for another five years. And then Jesus came and repeated the same question. Since you can do nothing, how much help do you need? And he made this decision to recognise his inability to do the things that Jesus had asked him to do. And he says his whole interaction with God and relationship with God was completely transformed. He became more concerned about what God was going to do in him than what he could do um, for himself for God. He said he began to listen more and be quiet before God much more than he had before. It Mm. introduced a dependency upon Holy Spirit. And he said Holy Spirit began to give him appetite for godly things that he didn't have before and god began to work not just in him but through him and it was in this place of recognition that i can't do anything for god that god began to do something extraordinary both in his heart and through his life and it's very interesting that when you read about men and women who maybe have done significant things for god they all seem to have a moment like where Jacob wrestled with God throughout the night and God touched his hip. They all seem to have a moment where they've wrestled with God and died and come to the end of themselves. We've heard about it with Heidi Baker from Rochelle last week. It's worth listening to Heidi Baker's story. It's on the podcast. She had her own moment of encountering Holy Spirit where she came, it would seem, to the end of herself. I like to call this moment, when I think about it, a transitional moment. A moment where we realise, I can't do anything without Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. A moment where I quit my striving and my efforts to try and be better at something that I can't do. You know, there's some things that we can give ourselves to as local church, and if we work really hard, we can get better at it, and we can improve. Lots of stuff we can do. We can improve on all many of the things that we do. Like, we, I can improve on my capacity to communicate. I can learn from people. I can adjust. I can be. I can be changed by teaching or input in that area. There's so many things that we can we can learn to play our instruments better, we can get vocal training, we can, in, we can learn to welcome people in a certain way, um, we can learn and change hospitality. There's so many things in church that we can grow and improve in, but we cannot grow and improve through increments in the work of kingdom. Hmm. We can't get better at healing the sick. You can go to a conference and get more courage, but you can't heal the sick. Yeah. You can't. You can scream and you can shout and you can, dare I say, you can fast and pray and do everything you want. But you cannot heal the sick. Something God does in those moments where we're bold with courage. He comes and he comes through us and touches somebody. You can't make anybody born again. You can learn how to tell your story. And you can become more bold and courageous, but you cannot impart life to dead bones. Mm -hmm. God can. You can't set anybody free. You can talk to them, convince them, but it's a work of the Spirit in you. Mm -hmm. And so I think people who begin to see outflow and breakthrough have come to the recognition that not being left as orphans and who I have is much more significant than who I am or the resources that I have (laughs) living consciously aware and confident in the revelation that God is with me that everything we need everything in life hangs on our, our daily experience of Holy Spirit, everything you can have a moment of conviction and revelation about an area of your life that needs to be adjusted in line with God. You can't change yourself. You can grit your teeth, you can modify yourself and you can try really hard. But you need to daily be positioning yourself to encounter Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit and the grace of the Holy Spirit. And the capacity of the Holy Spirit who who is... Who's like a double-edged sword and he cuts right in and he separates and he works and he changes and he brings revelation. Or you need to, the bit that we can do, we can step into the throne of grace in our time of need and find one who is merciful and kind. A great high priest who's gentle with us. We need to live consciously aware and confident in the implications. God is with me. To renew your mind with God is with me when I'm on the train. See, it's not just about I'm on the train, I'm going to try and make something happen and be bold and confident and courageous. It's about first starting with I'm recognizing the one who is with me. I'm going to hang out with Holy Spirit. I'm going to be with Holy Spirit. I'm going to let Him birth compassion in me. I'm going to let Him touch my heart with love. I'm going to let him make me aware of the people around me. Mm. I'm going to let him rub off on me. It's being present for the one who is always present. That's what it means to be born again. Being present for the one who's present. Being brought into a kingdom. I've been resurrected. I've been brought in as a son or daughter. Now I'm going to live present for the one who's always present and with me. I'm going to live aware that He's in me. I love this phrase slow down spirituality. I'm going to slow right down. Slow right down. He's here now. Mm. You're with me now. You're in me now. I can't do life without you. I certainly can't advance the kingdom without you. I'm recognizing that you're here. Right now. You're in me. Right now. The confidence in the invisible one starts to create expectancy. God's here. God's in me. What's possible? God's here. One word from you, and everything changes. Do you want to say a word? Got anything to say? Anything you want to heal, anything you want to bring, you're here. God's with me, God's in me, God's within me, I'm not alone, I'm the only believer at my table, in my family, but God's in me. I may not be able to say very much, but God's in me, the Holy Spirit's in me, I can shift the whole room. God's in me. The one who's got all the joy and all the hope and all the peace and all the life and all the faithfulness and all the self control, he's in me. Don't even need to say anything about what I believe at work. I can just be. And I can get wisdom from Holy Spirit to how to translate the reality of another realm into (coughs) this world in a way that they get it, so I can bring the influence of the kingdom. It's never losing sight of the possibility that Holy Spirit lives in you. He's the one who gives life with life in it. So if we want to influence the world and influence the people around us, we need a life with life in it. And we need the courage to give it away. And then the capacity to go and get more of it and give it away sometimes we've felt that that to be ambassadors for the kingdom we that we just need to tell people that they're sinners and then we wonder why they look at us with offense what about having a life with life in it what about having a life where you know how to get more of it? So you've got insights and wisdom and understanding that they don't have, and they start to come to you for life. They start to come to you with their questions. You've got a life with life in it. You stepped out encouraging you. Prayed for someone and they got well, and somebody else starts to hear about it. You've got life. You've got life in it. Where did you get that life? What's that life? What's that peace you've got? What's that peace which is a substance? It's the shalom, it's the wholeness of heaven. What is that thing you've got? Where did he get it? Can I have it? <laughs> Being consciously aware with expectancy. He's in me. He's in me. What's that going to do to the wards that I walk along? He's in me. He's in me. He's in me. Consciously aware as I walk past, I'm carrying the substance of another realm that's invisible. He's in me. Impossible situations in the workplace, patients that they don't know what to do anything with, children with behavioural issues and no one knows what to do, financial blockages in, in businesses. He's in me. Holy Spirit, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? What's going on with that boy? Why doesn't he... Why can't he engage? What's going on, Holy Spirit? What's going on, Holy Spirit? It's a lady who... Her job is... She's a hairdresser. She works in an old age people's home. And she cuts the hairs of ladies with dementia. And when she's cutting... She's talking, but saying, come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit, come and touch the brain, come and do something. And she's seen breakthroughs, people suddenly have awareness. All she is is, she was saying, I'm just a hairdresser. Well, no, you're not. (laughs) You're a human being that's got God in you. You're born again from another realm. Some commentators say you're barely human. Wigglesworth, the great healing evangelist, said you're a million times bigger on the inside than you realize. It's a life, an inner life with Holy Spirit that's deep enough to sustain an outer life. And Holy Spirit... Is not an imper- impersonable impersonal, impersonal force, but he's a person. Yeah. Mm. Like the presence of God is not an emotion that we feel in a song that we like. The presence of God is not a a plane that we reach if we say something enough. Like, if I just say positive things enough, I can get myself to an emotional plane of well-being. If he's just a force, then we're still orphans. If he's just a force, then we're still alone. All we've got is us on our own with some really good practices that get us to a place of spiritual euphoria every now and then. But no, we've got a person. He's another like me, Jesus said. He's not a feeling, he's not an emotion. It makes all the difference in the world that Holy Spirit is a person. Holy Spirit wants to build a relationship with us. I love how Graham Cook puts it. He says, Holy Spirit is often in us saying, I'm good at that. I know how to do that. I'm brilliant at that. I've got an idea about that. I know the answer there, and we're just walking through our life, fretting away, worrying away, anxious, every now and then doubling our efforts to try and please Jesus when He's already pleased. And the Holy Spirit's in us saying, I know how to do that. I know how to bring breakthrough there. He wants to build a relationship with us. We can get to know God, we can hear His voice. God is good, and His voice is an abundance of good thoughts. Those good thoughts, they're God. Those positive, hope filled thoughts, that's God. Hmm. That we can be a prophetic people because God's in us and we can hear his voice. So the question to end is when, where do we run to when days are evil? Where do we go when we feel frightened or discouraged or depressed or anxious? Make Holy Spirit your default position. Make it your default. Before you worry out loud and panic, make your default. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what do you think? James 1 says, Counter all joy when you face trials of various kinds. And goes on, because you know that these things that challenge and And our difficult, our upgrading our faith so that we'll lack nothing. Upgrading our trust, our relationship, our connection to the Holy Spirit. What are you doing right now? What are you upgrading right now? Involve him in all your questions. Not just God in your crisis. God in the whole of life. Everything. Absolutely everything. Have you got a better thought? Do you have a better way? Do you have any suggestions or helpful ideas? Because I don't know what to do. And I think that's why these stories of Randy Clark and Heidi Baker and uh, John Wimber, these moments where they come to the end of themselves and say, Jesus, you promised much, much more than this. You promised much, much more than this in terms of breakthrough and salvation and influence for the church. And we've worked really, really hard and we haven't seen what you promised. And then he comes along in our weakness and says, it's because you can't do it. Since you can do nothing, how much help do you need? And it's finding a moment like this where we say, I recognize the reality that I cannot do anything without you. I can't change myself. I can't mature myself, grow myself, transform myself. I need you. I can't save my family I can't make prodigals come home to you, I can't influence my workplace, my neighbourhood, my office without you, so I'm going to lean into you, I'm going to involve you in everything, I'm going to look for your speaking, I'm going to look for your encouraging, I'm going to look for your counsel, I'm going to look for your um, comfort. I'm going to look for you to lead me. I'm going to look for you to guide me. I'm going to look for you to direct me. I'm going to look to you to give me strength. I'm going to look to you to give me hope. I'm going to look to you to give me joy. I'm going to look to do life with God. To hang out with the most joyful, hopeful person, encouraging person there is in the universe. To hear his voice. That's your birthright. You didn't come to Jesus so that you could get on a religious treadmill. Uh, Did anybody respond to that message? Come forward today if you want to be on a religious treadmill where you'll feel and think and believe and feel you're never doing enough to please God. Come forward and embrace legalism, my friends. I will give you a list of rules if you can't make them up for yourself. (laughs) And dear friend, if you do not keep the rules perfectly, God is ticked off with you. And he won't bless you. And he will turn his face away from you. No, you came because someone said, presented Jesus to you. Someone presented the finished work of the cross. Someone said, he's done it all. Amen. Yeah. Someone said, he died in your place for you, as you. Someone said, the blood of Christ cleanses your conscience and makes you blameless, without blemish and white as snow. Someone told you you could come home and didn't have to pay a penny. And then suddenly we morph into people who think, oh, we've got a mortgage with God. That God paid it all, but my, my eternity is I've got a mortgage now with God and my good works pay him back. That's not the gospel. <laughs> the good news is you could not pay him salvation if you, were, if you kept the rules forever. You can't do it. That's the whole Old Testament. They tried to keep the rules and they couldn't do it. And so we get off the treadmill and we say just one moment of your favour can do more in my life than a lifetime of striving. I'm not going to work for a smile that I've already got. <laughs> Today, Father, it's impossible for you to disappoint me because my goal is to know you better. So am going to ask us to stand and we're going to just spend a little time just turning our affections to Holy Spirit and what I want to say is our encounters with Holy Spirit will be unique and varied and very very personal that God is not like you know, do you remember those kids, those kids toys where you get a hammer and if you get the square peg you can make it go into a square hole if you hit it hard enough or you can make the round peg in a square hole if you just whacked it hard enough there are not just one type of encounters there's a whole variety of encounters but the same Holy Spirit